welcome. The welcome goes out to those of you who are in this room, as well as those who may be listening on the Internet. This evening, we're focusing on Program 6. Those of you who were here last week know that we focused on Program 7, so we're quite backwards. But I really think these two programs should be seen as a set, much as earlier programming this season was a set as the, the pieces are being rotated. And the dancers are involved in six ballets over the period of this two weeks. That's a lot of dancing. We've been emphasizing this season the what I call the breadth and depth of San Francisco Ballet's repertoire. We've heard from our artistic director, from the ballet masters, the music director, some principal dancers. And this week, we're very fortunate to have with us two of what I will call the younger dancers, up-and-coming dancers, um, in the very best position to give us their point of view, because as members of the corps de ballet, they are in the thick of it. So I'm going to let them make their own introductions, really. I'm going to invite them to join me now, Gaetano Amico and Jennifer Stahl. So I'm going to let you test the mic by saying, Jennifer Stahl, welcome. Hi, I'm Jennifer Stahl. And Guy. Gaetano Amico. And do we call you Guy? You can call me Guy. That, that's fine. Okay, if but do you prefer the full thing? Um, sure. Okay, Gaetano. I'll do my best. Sure. Um, I know I get a great deal of pleasure, and I'm going to... I know that these folks do as well because these are really hardcore audience members and have been for a very long time. Um, watching dancers appear on stage, sometimes as students, appear in the corps de ballet, begin to come to the front row, begin to be seen in featured parts, and then it just gives us kind of the pleasure, almost a parental pleasure, to watch you develop into the artists and with a little bit of good health and good luck, maybe rise through the ranks. So that's part of what the fun is going to be, is to hear how you've gotten to where you are at this point and to know that when we see you on stage over the next while, um, we know a little bit more about you and we can be even more proud of you. <laughs> so let me just start. Uh, we didn't exactly do a coin toss here, but let's start with Jennifer. Where did you come from? How did you get to San Francisco Ballet? I was born and raised in Southern California, and that's also where I trained um, beginning when I was about eight and a half years old. And um, I did a few ballet competitions um, in Switzerland, Prix de Lausanne, and uh, New York Youth American Grand Prix. So it was actually at, in New York, um, Gloria Govern, the for former director of the school here saw me and offered me a scholarship to come year-round, so um, I took it, and when I was 16, I moved here, um, just very excited about the opportunity and being part of, a, obviously, a much bigger school and that um, was a part of a company, and I actually wasn't too familiar with San Francisco Ballet, um, just the company members and the rep, but uh, I had seen them tour to Los Angeles and um, Orange County, so I'd seen them dancing and just knew it was a 
amazing company. And um, and then as soon as I was here and saw our facilities and the theater and um, the city, I just really fell in love, and I knew I wanted to stay here. And fortunately, uh, Helgi offered me my contract for my apprenticeship after dancing Stars and Stripes, the uh, principal padada for our student showcase. And I was an apprentice. And then the following year, I became a core belly member. And Guy, tell us your little, the journey from how you became interested in, in ballet and how you got to San Francisco Ballet. Okay. Um, I was born and raised in Salem, Oregon. Um, and I loved doing sports, soccer, basketball, swimming, golf, tennis. Um, I was a big sports um, fanatic. And my little sister um, was a dancer, and she could do all these great little jumps and stretches, and, you know, we were so competitive. Um, <laughs> so I started getting a little jealous of her. Um, and, you know, I, my dad and my mom suggested that I go take dance class. Um, but one day I went up and I um, picked her up with my father, um, and the teacher looked at me and he said, hey, you should, you should come in and take class with me. And I was like, no, no, I, I'm a little reluctant. I didn't want to. And, you know, I'm, I, was, I liked other things, you know, um, to say the least. But um, at first, ballet wasn't very attractive to me. Um, but then, you know, especially when I came to San Francisco, I really um, fell in love with it um, because of the opportunity, the repertoire, the, um, the people you meet, um, and just the capability of doing things that no, no person or athlete can really do, um, it really got me hooked. So um, I ended up taking classes, obviously, um, and I went to New York uh, in 2000 and went to a six-week summer program and uh, failed miserably. Um, they never wanted me to come back because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was unmusical. I was on that, you know. I I was unflexible. It, it just it was bad. So I didn't go to classes. Um, and I came back to Salem and um, took classes with my ballet teacher. And he encouraged me to work hard for a goal. Um, so I did. I, I worked hard. I improved a lot. Within a year, I got accepted to the Kirov Academy of Ballet in Washington, D.C. on full scholarship. And I stayed there for a year, and I learned a lot um, technique-wise, technique um, but it wasn't right for me. So I auditioned for San Francisco Ballet School with a good friend of mine that I made friends with there, and I ended up getting full scholarship at the San Francisco Ballet School. So I decided to come, and um, it was great. I, it was a new, new light. It was closer to home. Oregon was close. Um, I met great friends, and I got an opportunity to dance and meet a great teacher that really encouraged me more, and it reminded me of my teacher in Salem, um, Jorge Esquivel, great teacher. Um, 
and Antonio Almanara was one, and um, Parrish Maynard. They're all, you know, top of the line teachers. I mean, well, you know, what more could you ask for? So I really flourished and improved a lot. It took a little time. It was four years in the school, and um, then I got into the company. Helgi called me up classically. He said, hey, um, are you interested? I'd like to take a chance and you know, see how you do. I said, of course, sign me up. I'm here. So that's about it. That's how I got here. Realized we had pictures, actually. Um, hey, Jen. There hey, is Jennifer on the left in oh. the... Uh, the what do we call that variation in this version of the Nutcracker? Merleton? Merletons. Okay, that's what it used to be, but you never know. At one version, it was the shepherdesses. No, they're not shepherdesses. <laughs> French Mer- and then the Spanish. Gaetano is there in the Spanish version of Helgi's Nutcracker. Um, you've both talked about um, very intensive ballet training, and this is a ballet company. But there's a whole lot that goes on in this repertoire that asks you to do other kinds of movement. How, how did you prepare? What prepared you? Did you just get thrown in, or did you have supplemental training that would prepare you for different styles of dance? Um, the majority of my training was definitely pure classical uh, Russian-style training. Um, and then when I came to the school here, there was a bit more of the Balanchine influence in the style of the classes. Um, and I had taken some jazz classes and a couple lyrical classes and um, some modern, but it was more just on the side and maybe once or twice a week. Uh, but really, I think my classical training was so strong and such a great base that you're able to move off of that when you have that sort of security and established center and core. Um, but And then it also just comes with each part that you're given to try and experiment with and see how your body can let go and move within those parts. So it's a little bit of opportunity and um, also being pushed by the choreographers and having them tell you what kind of movement they're looking for and and a lot of the time, they, they do want you to experiment with what they're giving you. And so it definitely comes with each role that comes as well, because new choreographers are always coming up with new movement. And um, that's why the classical training is what is consistent. So that's what you can definitely make sure you have. But um, the new steps and styles and movements are... I mean, we see new things every year, which is great. And Gaetano, you mentioned a lot of sports background. Yeah. Did you find that that helped or hindered? I know some things uh, just... It definitely hindered. Um... Turnout is not <laughs> featured in a number of the sports. Were, you know, wrong muscles were worked. Uh, that's why it was so hard for me. But, uh, you know, when new choreographers come it's a mystery what they want you know you're kind of it's like you're in a dark room and you have a little flashlight and um it's it's so challenging but you have to be quick and you have to just kind of adapt as fast Mm -hmm. as you can um 
Yeah, Glasgow Valley is definitely a great asset to have, though, because it, it's your structure. It's your, it gets you warm. It gets every single muscle in your body warm. And um, when when you need when you're asked to do uh, an intense movement, going with your back, you know, going all the way back, or like doing all the way side, or you know, and and doing the splits at the same time, then things <laughs> have you know, it's nice to be a little warm for that. So um, you don't want to pull a muscle, you know. I mean, but... Well, Helgi um, would be pleased to hear that both of you said exactly what he said to this group. I think many of you will remember hearing him say that, was that he loves to have the wide variety of works, but he always makes sure that there are classics in the season absolutely. to pull you back to those roots. Absolutely. That, that's very nice to have. Mm-hmm. The, the diversity in this company is like nowhere else. What, uh, if I were to say, do you have a favorite kind of dance. The season is being presented and you look at it and you say oh rats, I hope I don't get cast in that or oh fantastic, I hope I get cast in that. Um, I always like to throw out categories such as the story ballets where you dance a character versus plotless or the classics or the really modern. Um, Personally I don't want to have a favorite and I think that's something I strive for personally is to be able to do all styles and um, I think each one has something so wonderful to offer because in the very contemporary modern I feel there's you can be more liberal with your approach to it and there's a bit of freedom with um, just going for it and they can't exactly tell you no that's wrong you know (laughs) you can make it into exactly, or not exactly what you want, but just really have more fun with playing with the movement. Um, but then the classical is always a joy to come back to, and it's just the pure beauty mm-hmm. that I always think of when I see the classical ballet. And, and it really is just so challenging in itself um, because it's very pure, and everyone has seen it before, so you know what it's supposed to look like. And I think that's what makes... It's very challenging. Sounds like you were a girl who entered competitions. It sounds like you like that sort of bar to be set for you. Yeah, I do. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely love a challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, Gaetana, do you have a? Do you like to do a character? Uh, I love characters, Mm -hmm. Uh, but Jennifer brought up a good point. I I can't um, give you a a straight answer on which one I really would want to do. My favorite or. Uh, a specific ballet that I dream of doing because there's so many that I haven't done too that uh, it, w- it would be foolish of me to say you know, I, w- I would want to do just this one role and, I, and then I could die you know I, um, because each role may, lets you evolve differently and teaches you new things and um, that's about it that was a good point Never thought of it like that. What are some of the parts that we've seen you in this last season? Um, I'm thinking. Um, I mean, you can start recently and go backwards, or start at the beginning and come forwards. I, well, um, recently, the more that was fun. That was a lot of fun. In in Petrushka. In Petrushka, yeah, yeah. yeah the more in Petrushka. That was fun. Um, the coachman. The, Petrushka is a great ballet because you can go on stage and become a different person. Um, you know, you're, several different people. Yeah, several <laughs> different like. people. I mean, yeah, 
you can be engaged with different people. You can interact with everyone on stage. You can, you know, laugh and really enjoy it. And um, and then you know the more is, it's very intense. The it's like learning scripts to a, you know a, a movie. It, all the, it's not really it's organized, but it's it's very challenging to put it um, in in. Um, and like file it in your brain, you know, and organize it uh, and perform it. But it's fun. I love making facial expressions, and um, I memorized mo- lines to movies when I was a little kid. So, you know, I, Jim Carrey was one of my big um, inspirations. So, you know, I always do like funny things, and um, <laughs> so I think that came out a little bit in the more. But um, it was fun. I liked it. Any other featured parts that we might have seen you front and center? Uh, ghosts. I did Ghosts. That was, that was excellent. Um, I danced with Sophie Ann. Uh, she's awesome. I, I, I can't say any, you know, I mean, lack of words. She's great. Uh, and I got to dance with her. Um, I did The Shadows last year um, with Yuan Yuan. That was cool. And Sarah. In which ballet is um, in, that? In The Little Mermaid, sorry. <clears throat> Little Mermaid. Um, you know, partnering principal dancers are, it's, it's a great experience, but it's also great to partner, you know, less, maybe less experienced, maybe weak dancers, because you learn a lot about yourself. Um, mm-hmm. They're not as strong, so you have to be strong for them or you know, support them in a different way than maybe someone else's. Um, not in that much need, and then you over partnering you know the stronger one, and they say, "No, no, no, relax on this part you don 't need to do much you 're throwing me off so it's it 's a big challenge. you have to uh, change the way you partner a lot um, sounds like that 's the way you learn yeah that exactly <laughs> that 's why you know I, yeah <laughs> um, so. Jennifer, what parts have we seen you in this season um, this season? Well, most recently, I danced in Underskin last Saturday, the woman all in black. Um, the speaking black of unitard. Sophia. Yeah, speaking of yeah. yeah. Um, that was such a treat for me to be able to dance. Again, I uh, performed it last year as well. Uh, and I might say that that is close to my favorite style, maybe. <laughs> or I just really enjoyed uh-huh. uh, being able to work on that piece and... Let's see, before that, in Coppelia, I danced the Warren Discord principal, uh, the Trojan, um, and also the waltz variation. Um, With all I, those wonderful little girls in pink. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> 24 mini-me's yeah, out there. Um, yeah, and just to go from Coppelia to Underskin yeah. uh, was <laughs> quite a flip, but uh, I enjoyed that, and it was nice to... I, we started rehearsing Underskin during Coppelia, and it's nice to have that changeover from night to day. And um, and I do love Balanchine as well, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I should mention that the energy behind his choreography and musicality mm-hmm. and um, just the spirit in all his ballets, I really do enjoy. Let's see, in Nutcracker, I danced uh, the Snow Padida this year, uh, and. Enjoyed that a lot, as uh, along with uh, the Sugar Plum Fairy. Sugar Plum Fairy is one of those rungs of the ladder 
that's kind of, you can check that one off now. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully I'll be doing it for a long, long time. <laughs> but, yeah, that's actually very, very challenging. It's, it takes a lot of stamina. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gaetano, what are your nutcracker roles? Well, I, I, as you can see, um, this is the Spanish role. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do the Russian role, too. That's fun. That's an explosion out of the eggs, and then da, 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 done. Um, but, yeah, that's um, sprinting there. Mm-hmm. So I guess sports helped out in the, the stamina thing. Um, we danced Arabian together. Arabian, we danced that together. That was fun. Oh, fun, yeah. Um, that egg or that uh, lamp is a little challenging, though. You can get a little precarious going in there. Um, but what else did I do? Did you do snow? No, I haven't done snow okay. yet. Yet. <laughs> of course, yet. Um, I'm going to make an observation. You are on the tall side. Yes. And you've mentioned dancing with Gaetano frequently, who's also yeah. on the tall side. Yeah. Um, what are some of the um, pros and cons of being a tall male dancer? I would say of being a tall female dancer, too. But um, mm, yeah. Well, uh, it's different for everyone, I guess. For me, it's... I don't know. I mean, some things I can't move fast enough. I see little short guys going real quick across stage, and I'm, like, trying to keep up, you know. Uh, <laughs> Too much legs. In, in number nine, we, we do this piece, uh, or we do a brise volée section um, for, like, 16, yeah, 16, 24 counts, and it is just fast. And, you know, there's Ben Stewart in front of me and Matt Stewart and, you know, these little guys and, and Daniel next to me. And, you know, they have all these, they can just move fast. And, you know, I'm keeping up, though. I'm keeping up. <laughs> it's <laughs> so. good for you. Um, I would say that it's very much an advantage to the tall women to have the tall men. Yes, definitely. Partnering-wise, yeah. It's, We're yeah. always looking for tall men. Yeah. <laughs> um, especially, I was, that's... Probably the biggest con for the a tall female dancer is just having a tall male available and um, at the par to be a great partner. But we do have so many wonderful tall male dancers um, that yeah. get taken up. <laughs> um, I'm going to go to the um, pieces on program six. Sure. So that's what the, many of these folks are going to go to that performance tonight. Um, and then I know you've mentioned that you have performed, um, or per, uh, Gaetano. Yes. You perform in Ghosts. Yeah. I and um, Ghosts. we have, this is obviously, uh, it's Christopher Wielden. It was his premiere a year ago. He used um, music of um, the composer, I'm going to back up a little bit, Kip Winger, who started out life as a pop composer and has made the transition it's a very romantic score yeah he picks he always picks awesome music Mm -hmm. different Ezio Basso was the one for um in the golden hour Mm -hmm. that was cool too Mm -hmm. um I want to ask a little bit about um Christopher Wilden we had two two pieces of his this season uh his world premiere number Mm -hmm. nine Mm -hmm. and uh, then the the encore of this one when you get ready to go into a Wielden rehearsal, what, what do you have to do to your mindset? Be on your toes. Yes. Say that again. Just be on your toes. I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll throw out 
choreography that you may not have necessarily seen, but he does have a style to mm-hmm. it, you know, mm-hmm. that that kind of that all all this steps sort of mesh, but he'll say he'll say do something, and you have to be ready to adapt to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Jen, go ahead. He's very detailed about what he wants, and he's open to seeing what the dancers make of it. And but yeah. he he definitely has his vision, and he's. Mm-hmm. He's demanding, but in a very positive way. Um, but he wants you to be ready to work and ready to go. And it's, he has a great energy. It keeps the rehearsals moving by, and going by really quickly. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he works with you very well. It's great working and collaborating with him because if something doesn't work for you and it really doesn't work and it doesn't work for one other person, he'll say, okay, let's, let's rework it or let's come up with a different step or... Um, cut that. Just cut it. Throw it. Throw it out the window. Yeah, he's very decisive, which is yeah. nice, especially working mm-hmm. in the corps de ballet. At least for number nine, I, and within the golden hour, he would make decisions and he knew Stick what he wanted. It. Yeah. So and just, mm-hmm. I'm amazed how quickly he can clean up his ballets and. Yeah. I read, you know, I think the program notes said that he just threw number nine together and then went back in and did the details. I yeah. find that an astonishing style. Yeah, they, uh, yeah. Well, no. he was, he had a little bit less time than a choreographer is usually given for number nine. Well, he put it together in nine days. So, wow. Nine, you know, <laughs> we, he choreographed, he came in, choreographed it, put the piece together, and then left, and we were like, what? What was that? And then he came back, and we were still like, "What?" And he, you know, he cleaned it up for us. Um, there, there was, you know, things he did cut out, and then there were things that he added. And then he's like, "Okay, you guys, you're not looking too good right now, so maybe you should, you know, do a little clean it up." And uh, but he was very positive and encouraged us. He's like, "You know, we have four days. I understand." <laughs> 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 we have four days to clean this up, and you know your your dress rehearsal will be the first show. So I understand. Just uh, just keep working. You're doing great. It's looking much better and much better each day. But still, you gotta do a little point your toes or something. He's. Um, I'm always extremely struck by the partnering and the potages and duets that he includes. Um, we've got a couple pictures up here of some of the yeah. scenes cool. from yeah. from Ghosts. Um, and Gaetano, you mentioned you you have danced in Ghosts, mm-hmm. one of the lead. Yeah, I learned part. I learned the core part, um, Daniel Davison's part, actually, to be precise. But um, and and the movements were great. The the partnering was great, and then they ended up needing a, a, a an extra for. Pas de toi. Um, but he always comes up with great partnering steps around the back, I'm just lifting. Kidding. I mean, uh, you know, that's cool. It's nice lines. It's a good picture, too. Yeah, it's a great picture. <laughs> um, moving on, uh, also in this program is Helgi's piece, Seven for Eight, which he, um, it's seven pieces for eight dancers uh, to deep unpack that. Um, it's basically for couples, I think, isn't it? And the music is Bach, um, some piano concertos. And I, 
I'm going to guess that you haven't worked on this one yet. No, I haven't. No, I um, it's a beautiful piece, though. You've seen it. You the watch it. Great. When Helgi is choreographing, how do you... Um, what is the kind of the atmosphere in the room when he's creating a work? Because you've been in, in the room when he's created, I'm sure. A lot of attention. You, you, know, you have to pay attention because he'll, he'll show you something and say, okay, let me see it. And you have to, you have to know, you know exactly, don't miss it. You know, don't miss anything. Yeah. And, and then he'll tell you, you know, oh, that didn't work. Let's go back to the original version. And if you, you, have, to rem- you have to remember what the original version was because, you know, he wants mm-hmm. to see, mm-hmm. see how it... Um, you know, meshes or fits. But this piece is great. I love the dynamic, the music, the partnering. Mm-hmm. It's, this is it's a great piece. I'm just a really, any, there's opportunity for solos in it. There's opportunities for pas de trois, mm-hmm. as well as the um, duets, pas de deux. And then the concluding piece on the program um, was very much anticipated. Um, we had seen McGregor's work several years ago in um, Eden, Eden. Yeah. And um, actually, we have a video clip of that coming right. along. Um, this is very different. There's a lot said about, in the press, I'm going to say, about how... Wayne McGregor has this extraordinary movement style that he asks you to do. And when I'm watching it, um, I don't want to put words in your mouths, but what I see is your ballet training is just being called on. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, And I I don't... Now, is either of you actually in this piece? Um, I learned this piece, yes. Um, I didn't have the privilege. This is my part right here, actually, the Jaime Masha part. Um... That's the very first scene that you will mm-hmm. see tonight. Mm-hmm. It's very mm-hmm. intense. He does a lot of great partnering, and um, a lot of ballet technique is involved. So, so how do you respond to the people who say, it's just so different, it's so weird, um, and it's so physical? It is. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, I didn't get the opportunity to work with Wayne on this piece like I did, um, but from observing some rehearsals and the performance, uh, it just really calls on every muscle in your body and just expanding every sort of way that you can move and, and speaking of experimenting and reaching towards everything you can possibly try to move. It's a cool picture. Mm-hmm. Her body's like twisted and then she line is just really great. Great lines. Um, That's amazing line. That's he, an amazing picture. Yeah, he, I, I mean, Wayne just, I don't know how he does it, but when you, when you watch this ballet, you'll see the body do things that maybe you never thought it could do or maybe um, just make this great shadow on the wall that you'll see or, you know, just this really nice picture. And Let's the, go back through these. It's an extraordinary set. 
It's yeah, very I, different, original. Yeah, I love the set, the shadows that come, and uh, you don't know if someone's actually standing there. Or if, uh, at one point, I guess you guys will see tonight, but just the way it plays with the shadows and the entrances and exits. and Yeah, he was very specific about each person's spacing in the ballet. The first scene, you'll see the pas de deux, and, the, and then there's four people in the on stage right, audience left. Um, and it just, it's kind of like a, a moving art piece, you know. Very architectural, modern, contemporary. That's an interesting way to put it, a moving art piece. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what we do. We're, you know, we have, we're like a moving painting. We have music and moving sets, and it's all art. We're all kind of collaborating mm-hmm. together, and that's why it's so special. I would encourage you to read the program notes very carefully before you see it, because I think it does inform what you see. Um, it talks about his uh, use of the white um, and the very, very pale tones of the costumes. Mm-hmm. It's all very light, and the, the shadows are the only dark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The dancers all had to shave or wax their legs, because there's no hair. You, the, the lights are so bright that it would reflect poorly really? on the skin, I guess. So, yeah. <laughs> here must, that. <laughs> I can see a little hair there, Anthony. Oops, we did have one more picture. I no. think it's on. Um, what? Yeah. Okay, that's the end of the slides. And it's going to be an interesting experience to see Chroma. And I've talked to people who could hardly keep their feet on the floor, telling me how excited they were about it and loved it. And I've talked to people who just looked at me and said, why? Why? (laughs) Why? (laughs) I don't get it. I didn't like it. And it's that kind of a piece. And I think that we heard that about Eden Eden several years back. And um, It's a very extreme end of the mm -hmm, spectrum, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. just kind of a raw sort of style. Well, speaking of extreme ends of the spectrum, (laughs) we have a wonderful video. We're actually, we have several little video clips, and they're all to illustrate my point um, this season of diversity and of challenge, the kinds of movement challenges that you all face. And obviously, you're very, what I'm picking up is you're very comfortable with those challenges. You enjoy them. Yes, I very much enjoy them. I think that's probably why our company is so good at doing such diverse things. Is And I call it a kind of reverse Darwinian selection. You, The dancers who stay here and are successful here are the ones who can flip from the classics to the Balanchine to the contemporary. Um, let's look at the first video clip. So there's nothing much that needs to be said about this.
So, um, comment. Good job, Gennady. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, that is as close to technical perfection as a teacher could see, as a director could see, as a, I imagine as another dancer could see. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Especially Gennady. He's sort of like a classical machine. <laughs> With musicality and charm. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> um, and, of course, my point is this is the... Um, is the, the um, what am I trying to say? The, the baseline. It's where you start. That's the classical technique that you're trained and, of course, you aspire to be able to do a solo that looks like that. Um, there are dancers in our company, many of them, who can do that. And we have yeah. a few who can, I mean, probably a few who can actually pull off a performance that perfect. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Sure. So with that as sort of the point of departure, then we move on to some of the other things you're asked to do. Um, and just, just as a little side note, you study the classical variations when you're students. Isn't that correct? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that is just how you, you begin to master some of that stuff, correct? Yeah, it's combining pretty much your classical class each morning, um, combining it into one variation and just stringing the steps together and being able to stamina and then also adding the artistry and for each variation there's usually somewhat of a character whether it's the charm or um, mm -hmm. the spiciness for key tree or just so it's yeah the first step to adding artistry mm -hmm. let's go on to the next clip I think this is um, artifact That's just pretty different. You know, you don't see moves like that in Swan Lake or no. Sleeping Beauty or Giselle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you talked about actually learning Artifact. Uh, yes. Well, we both performed Artifact, the corps de ballet, and, yeah. um, which is a very challenging piece and uh, oh, rewarding, yeah. very rewarding. And we also rehearsed the other pas de deux, uh, not mm -hmm. the one that Lorena and Pascal danced, but... Uh, Yuan Wan and Damien. Uh, that was great. I learned a lot and involved a lot in that. Different, uh, different requirements. Yeah. Just yeah. the the grips were like this, and you have to do this a lot, switching really quickly, mm. and at the same time have her weight against yours, and um, using that to really fuel the movement. So it was very intense. But I learned a lot from and, it. But you it's talked great. about getting thrown into a rehearsal. That was kind of a fun sort of thing to happen to a Yeah, back young in dancer. the summer, we yeah. um, were fourth cast, just learning. Mm -hmm. We had that wonderful opportunity just uh, for the being physically 
given that opportunity to work on it behind the other casts and yeah. and just for our own improvement and um, yeah, learning. But then it ended up that the second and third cast wasn't able to do one of the runs, and luckily we had worked together on the side on our own time to make sure that we were ready to go and um, knew what we were doing and yeah. <laughs> had it up to a good level. Um, if by chance, which actually happened, we would have the chance to go in and um, work with Jody Gates. And so mm-hmm. it happened, and it was... It was after running the whole ballet, and then we ran the pas de deux afterwards. So it was. Yeah, um, I remember that. that was, but it was tough. <laughs> it's great to have that sort of adrenaline and yeah. situation thrown at you, and see how you can handle it and what you can make of it. And yeah, I think that was one of the highlights of the rehearsal yeah, season. Absolutely. Just to yeah. Have a mini performance in the middle of rehearsals. <laughs> yeah. And it might be interesting for the audience to hear that that's how how things happen in the company. You're cast out of the core. You're suddenly fourth cast to learn one of the principal parts. And then you get thrown into a rehearsal. And you get to just mm-hmm. do it. Yeah. I, I was actually never casted in that. I, I showed up to rehearsal and watched... I love the, the part of that with Damien and YY, so I showed up to watch, and that's another great thing. You have access to that, so you can see great art. Um, and Ricardo said, hey, do you want to jump in? Jen yeah. and Alana are standing back here. I'm like, sure. So, I, Or no, it was Elena. Elena um, were standing back there by themselves, you know, doing trying to do mark things without a, a, a mate, and I was... <laughs> I had to do both of them, um, work with Jen and do it, and then go to Alana and do it, and, and then go to Jen and do it again. And um, but it was great, a, a great opportunity to just, you know, have be thrown into it and learn so much, and um, with no expectation, just be there and soak it up. It was good. And the next time that piece comes back, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. They'll remember that you. Fingers are crossed. <laughs> You know it. Um, Let's go on to the next video clip. This one you might remember from two or three years ago, three, four years ago. I love that music. I love the choreography. I just love the movement. Now, Yuri pulled some folk style movement that certainly isn't in the ballet vocabulary, um, threw it at his dancers. Um, If you were asked to do one of those parts, what would you have to do to yourself? What would you have to, how would you have to practice? How would you have to warm up? Well, um, start with tendu plie at bar and do a little port bra and then move your way up to center and start jumping and then you're set um, 
Yeah, and then you're pretty much ready to do any movement. You just need some mind, um, you know, thinking. You need to think about it for a little bit, um, which direction you'll go, and then maybe that won't work, so do it the other way. Try to find a, a new... Um, a new way to get into a movement and then when you're on stage things change so much because the music really the live music really fuels you makes you move differently and and express things differently and th then we have you guys to show you oh so things are even extended even more so um but yeah a little meditation before to get prepared <laughs> definitely did you have a um, I think just working, or my personal experience working with Yuri Pasikov, not on Fusion, but on other valleys, just the breath that I tend to see in his movement and um, just his fluid movements. And he tends, what I see to have and ask for in rehearsals, a sensual aspect to his movements. And um, I think just getting that sort of flow going <laughs> beforehand and... There's a lot going on in that little segment. Um, the men don't, as often, throw each other around and partner each other. So I wonder if that was challenging to sort of work on balance and lift and... Yes. Well... Or just all in a day's work. It, it we have very depends. strong male dancers. It all depends, too. I mean, the men, the men have a little more power, too, to jump and help feel the movement, so... It makes it a little easier, but yeah, I mean, if you're lifting a heavy man above your head, then there you, you could have a little uh, <laughs> disc slippage or something. Um, he does have a lot of intricate, it seems like for the men, a lot of the time, very, his patterns are complicated and quick, and there's been some collisions during some rehearsals, oh, yeah. and you know, they have to be very precise, and, and there's a lot of force going into these formations that are mm -hmm. changing, and with jumps and turns in the middle and yeah Raku did anyone see Raku yes. yeah I, w I was with the four guys um, that was fun a lot of movement there too did we partner each other a lot I don't I think so no can't remember. it was more like it again. Um, structure and trying mm -hmm. you know making these great patterns and um, we did partner YY a lot that was that was good and it was all cooperation we had to communicate with each other and we had endless fights, and you know we're, we got so frustrated, and we're like we almost gave up on each other. And then you know it, we communicated. That's the the key, um, and we made it happen. Um, and it, it ended up being really good. But Raku was was definitely a challenge for us all. It was different movements that we had never, and it was like being in a dark room again. Like we didn't know what Yuri was giving us, you know. And and the way he says things are a little. You have to have a little. Um, dictionary and translation dictionary for him sometimes you're like wait what was that I, I i you know so but we all we all made it work and it was great let's look at our last video clip i think you'll recognize this one
got it all planned out? You do. <laughs> you got it all planned out? Maybe you play with your yellow toy. <laughs> no words. <laughs> Do you um, see now, two, three years later, see some kind of the same mind behind that as created Chroma? Yeah. Definitely. Oh, I definitely just. He, he almost takes away the human normal movements and it, he calls upon the dancers to become just creatures and interesting yeah creatures yeah. okay uh, well yeah I mean there, there are two partners and yeah I mean it, a lot of it was similar I couldn't tell who the guy was and who the girl was in some case because they're all they all have these latex bald caps on and no no hair again and we're all wearing the same thing so sometimes it's you get that um, you know confu- you get a little confused there but um, it really are just stripped down to movement machine yeah, yeah and same in a way with chroma too the mm-hmm. the costumes are minimal and you really see what the body can do and it really shows there's no really anything to get in the way costume lighting just simple hmm. movement i think even the costumes the from what i saw even in chroma you'll see it, it seems like they want to take away the difference between the men and the women as much as possible mm-hmm. and just like mm-hmm. you're saying for eden eden just that they're almost the same as much as possible so there's not too much of a difference between the sexes Interesting. How many of you saw Eden Eden? So good number. Um, so you'll be seeing Chroma, and it'll be interesting to get a get a comparison, a response, a developed response. We have about five more minutes, and I'm going to ask the audience if they have questions for either of you. Okay. Um, cool. And looks like it's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah. This is a question that has come that comes up often. Jennifer told us that at the age of 16, she left home. And this woman who says, as a mother, I want to know, how does a 16-year-old do that? Leave home, go to train, come to get a job, and your family is somewhere else. How does that, how does that get organized? Well, it was definitely not the easiest decision for my parents to make, allowing me to move up here alone. Um, But I was moving up. There's a wonderful housing in Pacific Heights, a dormitory-style home a guy and I both lived in. Um, There's about 25 uh, ballet students that live there with chaperones. Um, Around 25. Um, And high school was going to be... I finished independently uh, through independent high school. Um, so that was a big part of the decision. And also just my parents knowing this was an amazing opportunity and basically the next step towards the professional career that I knew I wanted and that I was going for. And 
being invited to come up. And also, Southern California isn't too far away, and my family would come up quite a bit, and um, I could go down. It was just an hour flight. Even still, it's not too far, but um, it was definitely a big decision, and at first I was calling home definitely once a day if, and, um, you know, slowly getting off of that. But And just knowing... It does take a lot of maturity to have the discipline of going through training and just what it takes to actually be accepted into San Francisco Ballet School. And um, so I think my parents trusted me and where I was in my maturity to come up at my age. So. Gaetano, you left home at a fairly early age to yeah, do the same uh, thing. Sim- yeah, similar. I, I was at Kirov um, in a boarding. It was a boarding school similar to the Jackson House, and they had school academics inside the the, uh, the school. And um, I was at 15, and then I came here at 16. And it's kind of the thing. Like, I think Pierre was 13 or 14. Like, it, if if you want to really pursue this career, it, you have to start you know, making really critical decisions. Um, but you mature fast. You, you become an adult quickly, um, which isn't good, but it also is good in some ways. And um, ballet just prepares you for that. You're already kind of ready for it because you're, you're used to a structure every day, going in, working really hard, and, uh, and then doing school on top of it and anything else, um, sports. Um, so you don't really have time to get into too much trouble. (laughs) (laughs) You're getting a little, but, you know. (laughs) Um, Do we have another question? There's one in the back, yeah. The question is about the music. When you have different kinds of scores, um, you have one thing in the studio, you might have another thing in performance. How does the adjustment challenge you? That's a good question. Uh, well, in the studios, we, if we're not using a recording of the orchestra or the original uh, recording, it will just be a pianist. Um, and you do miss out on the other elements of, from the other instruments. Um, and we eventually have our orchestra rehearsal, um, which is the rehearsal right before our dress rehearsal. Um, and it's, it's always interesting because they rehearse it on their own and we rehearse, and then we have to come together and make sure the tempos are right and you start hearing different things. But it always adds something extra special. I think most of us really look forward to that orchestra rehearsal because you get that extra oomph behind the ballets and the movement and um, it kind of all comes together once you have that extra projection from the sound and yeah when, when we're in class we, we dance strictly to piano uh, and then rehearsal sometimes we do have a recording of the orchestra playing but sometimes it is piano and piano is great because it just has that that bass line that structure of the, the score but like I said before, when you get on stage, and like she said, these tempos and these little things come out of the music that you don't necessarily hear that feel something different and make the music totally, um, interp- you interpret it much differently. And 
and yeah, it's, it's great. It's a different, um, it's like night and day almost. It comes alive. So. And you have to be very ready for the changes because it could suddenly, the tempo could suddenly take off or, I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. the conductor is human, you know, so it, each night and each Absolutely. performance could be different and it usually is a bit just Absolutely. It's live performance, so keeps you on your toes. I wish we could spend longer. We've pretty much used up our time. Before I say thank you and goodbye, I do want to remind you that in two weeks we will have our last Points of View program for the season. The subject will be um, a number of things, including The Little Mermaid, which is being um, encored this year. Uh, we, I think you've seen the press release. It will be filmed over the course of two of the performances, and then it will be made, um, I think it's Great Performances series, on the PBS stations uh, sometime next winter, which, of course, is very exciting for us. And so we thought it would be really interesting to talk to the, um, is she the producer? Judy Flannery and our executive director, Glenn McCoy, about the challenges of filming dance. And I think it will be rich. I'm really looking forward to that. So that's two weeks from tonight here. And now I'm going to say thank you so much, Jennifer Stahl and Gaetano Amico. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It's been lots of fun. Thank you.